I mean, I'm getting into more cooking and stuff. Like, I'm cooking stuff from scratch. I trying to, you know, eating out less uh, because you, you should eat out less. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of a fine line to walk. Like, uh, it's healthier to healthier and cheaper to, you know, eat inside. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of local restaurants that really need our money right now. Like me and Sarah kind of bought four dinners from the Indian restaurant yesterday. I'm, I'm doing experiments. Then again, uh, well, it's I don't know, because to a certain extent, I'm trying to be better cooking to another extent. I'm still me because like last night, Sam, I made uh, I got a big bag of potatoes because, you know, panic buying. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I'm cooking potato stuff, potato wedges with like a kind of mix of spices on them. And I did brown rice and then like some eggs, uh, just get just general like take try some stuff. But then because yeah. of me, I put it all together in a bowl and put ketchup on it. I'm like, th- this was not required. Like I could have put in less effort at some stages. <laughs> Welcome to Prokazatsu, Two Brothers Exploration of Tokazatsu Shows and Related Media. My name's Sam. And I'm Harry. And I guess I have to apologize for encouraging us to uh, watch a series live as it comes out at the point <laughs> in modern history when it turns out shows, but like, all right, so Kamen Rider Zero One, it got delayed. there's some delays. It got delayed a little bit this week, both, I'm, I'm not sure if the Japanese production was delayed, but the subs got delayed. Uh, we're, we're just doing three RPM this week and, but I think there's an episode next week, but in the near future, there might not be Kamen Rider Zero One for a little while. So we'll, we'll figure out, we'll, we'll figure out what we, what it figures. Yeah. There's rumors going around. Well, I mean, Tokyo, Tokyo is pretty much shut down, uh, completely locked down for who knows how long. And so production on shows is likely to cease for that entire time period. Plus, you know, however long it takes to ramp back up afterwards. Uh, we might be burning through some Power Rangers RPM over the next couple weeks, but hey, on the good side, it turns out it's pretty good, at least the first few episodes. Power Rangers RPM. Uh, so I, I did a quick look at the Japanese version, Engine Sentai Go, Go Onger. It's just about like some, ali- well, I mean, I say just, but we covered it a bit in Go Kaiger. Apparently there are like weird dimensions and stuff. That's That was the Santa Claus dimension episode where we talked about how that's a hellscape and like, just weird <laughs> pollution robots who wanted to do some stuff. Uh, but then Power Rangers RPM, as I stated, they thought they were going to get cancelled, so they just did what they wanted. And holy shit, did they go for it. Like, watching this watching this series, just uh, some generalities up front, about five minutes in, I was 100% convinced that this was just, like, a hardcore Terminator Mad Max montage but then I started to look up some production dates. Like, we're going to be talking a lot about Terminator Salvation, because this series is oddly mirrored to the Terminator Salvation plotline. But the thing is, this series premiered in March of 2009, whereas Terminator Salvation uh, dropped in theaters in May of 2009. So they were literally in production at the same time. I, I don't know how that happened. Like, I I kind of have a theory, like, 
all the actors in here, they're Australian uh, New Zealanders. So were they filming Terminator in Australia, New Zealand? Nope, they filmed it in New Mexico. I looked it up. Okay, so nope, my theory's out the window already. I just wanted to shoot it down on air. Uh, but, I mean, it's just a case of convergent evolution of ideas. Like, you know, Armageddon and Deep Impact releasing within a couple weeks of theaters. That type of thing. Yeah, but whenever that happens, it's like because one theater gets wind and they like they strive to copy the other to like take the wind out of their sails. No, no major theater, or no major, no major movie production company heard that Power Rangers was doing a storyline. I was like, my God, we need to undercut them. I mean, Power Rangers might have done it because they're adapting largely other material. But they came out first. Yeah, but it takes a long time to edit those movies. Like, it, I mean, this is made for TV. The effects aren't that great. And Terminator Salvation, they had to spend months and months putting in the CGI on that, CGI on that very forgettable action movie. Like, this this is the most I've thought about Terminator Salvation in years. Yeah, the only thing we really remember Terminator Salvation for these days is Christian Bale's rant against the guy who was screwing with his, uh, like, sight lines while he was filming a scene. It's funny, like, that particular drama, like, we've reached the point where it came out and Christian Bale had to apologize, then we had a decade to sit on it, and we were like, man, the guy who was screwing with the light while he was shooting a scene was really fucking up his job. Christian Bale, he he reacted harshly, but, like, that, that guy was messing, messing with him. Yeah. He it's hard was. to ask. But anyway, Power Rangers RPM. In previous, like, we started to cover our double. We were like, wow, a lot of people sure die at the start of this, like a helicopter crashes. Then Pirates and Tango Cadger, we were like, oh, man, there's a space war. Like, probably, like, a million or two people died. This one starts. <laughs> there is one city left. A computer virus has the world locked down. Big feel. Big feel. Like, a darkened screen with a voice whispering, like, I, I have to tell you now, we don't have a lot of time. Uh, three years ago, the World Internet Federation reported the appearance of a new computer worm, like the Vengex virus. And by the time they figured it out, it was it had already taken over like most of our computers, like our communications, our power defense systems. Somebody gave an AI access to robot factories, and it it went bad real fast. Yeah, for some reason, like the leadership was slow to respond to reports of a virus sweeping the globe. We've already used the reference. This, this. I mean, <laughs> look, that's the problem. Going into this, we, like, we can't I, avoid it. We can't. Well, this this is the only time. Dot dot dot. Narrator. It was not the only time. <laughs> Ron Howard voice. It wasn't. Um. Yeah. The, but like, pr well, but the president was probably worried about the economy, so I told everybody to keep just working around the robots. Anyway, uh, but they had to evacuate <laughs> to the Dome City of Corinth, uh, which is this, that one city that, uh, and you know. I already have Arnie's. I bet the mayor got like fired for spending so much money on this weird energy shield around a city. But you know, <laughs> time makes fools of us all. Uh, it's a really nice dome. Like I'm not sure how good like a dome city is in a post-apocalypse situation, but we'll get into that logistics over the series. I won't harp on it too much now. Uh, but what's important is that uh, in this initial action sequence, which is straight out of Terminator, like there's there's robots marching, there's lasers firing everywhere, there's like army jeeps there's do there's generals riding around we are introduced to some of the main characters one of which is the druggie from jessica jones and also rose macgyver uh, from i zombie and uh, a christmas prince scott he's the he's the red ranger and uh, apparently he posted some videos online of him bragging when he got the role because growing up he wanted to play power rangers on the playground and everyone said you can't be the red ranger because you're black and then he was like fuck you i'm the red ranger now I suspect he will be a good Red Ranger. He's a very good actor. He, he's 
he he's a good actor. It's a good role, even though, like, weirdly, this is one of the less red-focused series. Yeah, it seems this is going to be a very black-focused series. Uh, but, but, like, everybody, like, the, the opening is black-focused because he has weird specificity to the metaplot. There's also the guy who'll be the Blue Ranger, Flynn, who's... His personality trait is basically that he's very Scottish. <laughs> he's very Scottish and he drives buses into things. And he's just, like, kind of a down-to-earth guy. Like, he's the normal guy of the team. Uh, he, yeah, he... There's so many, like, Save the Cat moments where he, like, you know, helps a kid out of the bus. Well, see, like, I was kind of curious about that, Harry. So let's talk about this opening scene. Like, there's a straight-up war zone. You know, the generals are talking about how all of humanity, all surviving humanity, needs to fall inside the city before they raise the shields. And so we get this school bus full of survivors. It stops outside. It drops off a kid to a parent. That... They're, they're still in a war zone. Couldn't he have done that, like, another hundred yards in when they were inside the defensive territory? Like, he, he kind of dropped a kid off into danger. The kid was in less danger inside the bus. He he did the best he could. Like, he's not trained <laughs> for this. None of them are. E- even the, the the colonel guy there, like, the, the, the guy in charge, uh, mm-hmm. he looks out and says, like, all right, any contact with air support? Which is a more important reason. Like, it's more important for him than it even could be, as we'll soon learn. Two of his sons, one of which survived. Well, I mean, they probably both survived, but we won't, like, meet the other one for another 20 episodes when he's been turned into a murder bot or something. They're shutting the shields. They have, like, a guy says to him, we can't shut the shields. What if there's people still out there? And on the Stilgen's show, the general says, may God help them because we can't. <laughs> That's a pretty hardcore line. This show doesn't shy away from some things. But there's mm-hmm. a cool motorcycle scene where the Yellow Ranger kind of slides under the shield as it's closing and brings in Scott, who kind of has to salute and say, uh, Eagle One went down. Uh, sorry, Dad. Big Bro died. I survived. And that's Cut the start of the later. series. Wait, is is it only one year later? Yep. Wait a bit. So is this like three years of the past? Uh, what, what's up with the timeline? So I was a little lost on that. Initial voiceover said three years of the past. And then is this two year? Are we are we up to present? Well, the virus like took three years to spread. Like it was it was somewhere on the internet, just slowly growing. But by the time it like took over the world, that was like after three years, and then one year after that is where the series is taking place. Okay, okay. And there's a very Mad Max, you know, black muscle car with a turbocharger on front driving around. I think they got like the exact same model, exact same color. Like that, their homage to Mad Max. Could not be more explicit. A dude in a gas mask gets out. He has to scan the area for a toxicity screen. Because it's it's bad out there. It's really bad. But hey, he finds a flower in the ground. And he pets the kid. Or he pets the dog by stopping and pouring the last of his water on top of it. Yeah, he's, he's a nice guy. Then he's jumped by putties. Like, Harry, what are the putties called in this series? Uh, Grinders. Grinders, grinders. Okay, you're gonna have to correct me on that. I can, I can get grinder, but it's gonna take me a couple episodes. If you call them putties, that's not wrong. <sighs> I mean, putties implies like useless, whereas these guys are actually legit threatening. Uh, it's the first couple episodes. Don't worry, they'll they'll be like destroyed by children in a few more episodes. Okay, so the putties jump him, and uh, he single handedly, like without transforming, rips them all to pieces. It was at this point that I kind of laughed and said, if this was a Terminator series, he would be the half-android. And hey, I was right. 
he's listening to a broadcast on the radio. That's just kind of an automated thing saying, like, this is the city of Corinth, still broadcasting. Here's our longitude, longitude and latitude. But he gets held up by the comic relief. But, like, kind of a, you know, he does, like, the rapid fire thing of lots of gags, but a decent amount of them land. So, you know, he he's enjoyable. It's Ziggy. Yes, Ziggy is trying to hold him up with what turns out to be a, a tailpipe of a car, which are uh, which the future Black Ranger immediately identifies and disarms him. Uh, but he decides to bring him along anyway to get to Corinth. Because the radiation makes the compass kind of go bad. So, yep, nukes got dropped. Like, uh, but Ziggy, he's from there. He actually went out here on a mission for just some extra resources, and uh, he knows the way. It is at this point that uh, Mad Max says that he has amnesia. He eventually asks people to call him Dylan. Does he know if that's his real name or not? Because he was saying that he didn't actually know his name. I think he might have just decided on Dylan. Like, I I don't know if that's his actual name or if he remembers it later. Is it okay if I continue to call him Max? Is there another main character called Max that appears in the series later? I don't think there's a Max. You, you can call him Mad Max. Okay, he's Max. Forever and for always. You'll definitely remember that and be very consistent. Uh, so they get to within uh, sight range of Corinth. Uh, so he's happy, but he says, no, we need to pull over. Like, there, there's a bunch of automated guns just hiding, and nobody's ever made the run in the daytime. And so they decide to make the run in the daytime. They're intercepted by biker putties and all the pyrotechnics that a New Zealand production can afford. They're just uh, throwing bombs out the windows. There's, like, some character moments where, like, uh, he, he sticks a lollipop to one of the bombs, and I'm not sure why he did that uh, to create a sticky surface so when he was throwing it out the window it would attach to a motorcycle okay sure i mean he he doesn't do that for all the bombs but anyway specifically the car is almost out of gas so he said yeah if we stop now like i won't be able to start it again so they have to make the run like ziggy is throwing bombs out the window he drops one of the car and then the vengex barricade uh pops up and it's like a 30 foot wall with like anti-ship cannons on it. Yeah, like, Vengex, so a lot of Sentai series or something, like, a lot of Toku series, the villain has a plan in the background where, yes, I must bide my time and slowly build up forces to kill the humans. No, Vengex is 100% trying to kill all of humanity all of the time. He's throwing every robot he has at them, and he's he's winning. Yeah, it, it's been working so far. He's kind of driven humanity into a corner and locked him down very successfully. Uh, inside the city, uh, the humans are scanning, and they detect 1.5 bioforms uh, inside the car. Very specific scanners, those. You would think that, like, you know, they would assume that it was, like, a fully grown human and perhaps a child to account for the loss in mass. I, I'm not really sure how specific those scanners are getting to get straight up to, yeah, one human and one half human. Dr. K makes very, very specific kinds of technology, as we'll get into. Yeah, so as they're barreling towards the uh, wall, uh, we jump to the villains of the series. Uh, inside a base with an evil Skynet HAL, uh, which is, what, Vengex? Do we just call it Vengex? Yep, that's that's Vengex. And he has a couple robot minions to, you know, just kind of talk so that he's not just alone in the room. Uh, one of them is smart and one of them is dumb. And it's always good to have people to bounce ideas off of. And if one of them is a little dumb, you know, it's good for clarity. Yeah, don't do what that guy says. So Dr. K, which at this point is just kind of a voice on a computer screen, pops up and says, yeah, I I know one of them, that's Ziggy, I need what he has. 
And the colonel says, all right, but if we open up the shields, we won't close them fast enough to stop infiltration. So Dr. K sends her team. They lower the shields and uh, they throw a bomb at the wall and take out a pretty big section of it. Uh, There's some more car shenanigans and they arrive inside the city uh, just in time for Vengex to send a Generation 5 attack bot at them. Uh, This being a Sentai series, I do kind of want to go back into the habit of describing each monster as it appears in each episode. So uh, the monster of this particular episode is kind is very Modoki. Like it's a massive face in the middle of a body. Uh, There's metal plating everywhere. Uh, It's honestly kind of kind of dark bronze coloring. Like Harry, I gotta ask the monsters of the series are they just all going to be really drab, really just like low lights. Uh, low colors kind of i mean the villains in the original sentai they were industrial pollution monsters so i think to contrast with the colorful heroes they might have all been like that and i think they are all kind of like industrial messes of dudes just lots of bolts and rivets ah that's kind of a shame like i mean i love bolts and rivets but like but throw some color on there throw some style no i i agree with you but that's this this show at rpm it's much more about the protagonists being the color well, fair enough. Uh, the car's inside the city, and some uh, putties and the Gen 5 bot, they attack, and then the Power Rangers arrive to intercept them. And it's uh, Scott Summer. I, I don't think I said her name. Summer is the Yellow Ranger. and uh, Flynn. We could just call her Eye Zombie. Yeah, sure. Uh, and they all transform. And the episode ends with Ziggy saying, like, yeah, all right, the Power Rangers, they're great. Dylan doesn't know what Power Rangers are. So as the next episode begins, uh, the fight is continuing. It's very much a Toku fight. Uh, I do want to say I appreciate that. Well, so Red Ranger, his weapon is a sword, of course. Uh, Yellow Ranger, what's her weapon, Harry? I'm not even sure I noticed. It's just like a a thing that fires a little car. Like her weapon isn't very good. Yeah, but Blue's weapon is a giant fuck off bazooka. <laughs> it's like almost a human. It's a comically large bazooka that he just carries around as he's jumping around and punching putties in the face like it the bazooka is almost as big as he is yeah he's the straightforward guy so it was like just give me a big gun so i could shoot him and fair enough uh so the rangers they attack they combine their weapons and they fire a hot wheel at the main baddie and they win uh at this point the shields are still down so vengex decides to send in an attack swarm when asked how many robots they want to send vengex responds all of them very Gary Oldman. Yeah, like, you know, Fedrix, he's not going to send one a week. He, he sends all the robots he has. I mean, that's still kind of inefficient. Like, maybe maybe save up for, like, three weeks and then send all of them. Yeah, but, like, when there's a gap in the shields, I think that's just kind of the time to send it everything he can. They do do a lot of damage. Yeah, the skies are swarming with, you know, hundreds of attack drones. So it's time for not. So it's time for, like, the one time in the series where they're going to use their vehicles without combining them. Yeah, so the uh, they're driving around in their cars, which uh, suspiciously have no have no guns. Like it would seem that they're taking out these uh, these flag drones by like bouncing up and biting them. Like they do better than they really should be able to, because Gonjer was a very silly series, and this is as dark as Power Rangers gets. They probably should have slapped some guns onto those things. But now they they just drive around, and you know sparks happen, and the enemies explode. There's a moment where a like mounted gun the grinders have set up is going to shoot the yellow vehicle uh but uh but dylan sees it and gets his car into gear just 
uh, at the last moment and rams it out of the way. It fires into the air, taking out several drones, and people appreciate it. Uh, like, we're we're kind of speeding through this episode because this episode is almost all just toku fighting. It, it's a lot of action, at least for the, the first half. Uh, so the uh, monster gets big and they transform into the Megazord, which apparently only needs three vehicles to form. Uh, that was a surprise to me. I mean, clearly, like, we're dealing with five rangers here. But uh, for the Prime uh, Megazord, it would seem that they only require uh, red, blue, and yellow. There's a lot of series where the Megazord is, like, three people at first, but uh, then the other two, like, they can kind of swap off different parts, like the arms. And then later they get an extra thing that allows them to combine all of them, then... This series has a lot of different mechs, so don't worry if you're if you're worried that they're not able to mash everything together right now. We'll be we'll get there. Uh, Megazord attacks, the monster gets big, and uh, they you know they destroy him. Like it's a Megazord fight; it's kind of boring. Uh, and immediately after that, Ziggy and Max get arrested. Yeah, because they you know broke into the city, and Ziggy says, "No, this guy this guy really helped me." Then they scan him and say, "This guy is an infiltrator. He's half robot." It's like he says, oh, I don't really know him. Yeah, uh, guys. I was worried that they were going to suss out the half android thing for a little bit longer. But I mean, it was I guess it was as obvious to the scientists as it was to the audience. I guess it's a known thing in the future. So they just throw metal detectors over people to check. I mean, smart. Absolutely smart. You know, like metal detectors, dogs. Like what? Uh, what's the way that they use to detect the Terminators? Is it just barking dogs? Yeah, I think it was dogs. They get dragged off to prison. Uh, they're taken to interrogation rooms where uh, Max gets, like, the hard-boiled a bit, and Ziggy gets an extended comedy montage where he is spilling his entire life story uh, to the various uh, prison interrogators, and they're all loving it. They're just hanging off his every word as he is drawing charts about his kindergarten. Yeah, he, he's a good storyteller. He's doing his, uh, I was gonna say tight five, but really it's like a whole, it's a whole long special thing. Like Th- This goes on for hours. Ziggy is an open book. And just briefly, back at the back the the rangers are talking to dr k who says i have the remains of the robot you destroyed it's generation five which is more than we were expecting so we're finding a computer and he's upgrading exponentially fast we need to start bringing our other suits online and there's a quick shot to five suits dun 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 like they're talking about the they're talking about the black suit no no one seems to mention the fact that there's like a green suit there and and there's also ziggy well, the green, the black suit is like kind of really high performance. Like they're talking about the black suit has the high specifications and they haven't been able to find anybody who could actually handle it. The green suit, I mean, we'll get to it, but the green suit isn't that special. And Ziggy's Ziggy, so I don't think they would even want to give him a, med- a mediocre one. I mean, the, Ziggy Ziggy will be the Green Ranger and it's, it's, don't worry, we don't need to wait a while for it. Very soon, they're kind of approaching the thing of, yeah, let's get our last suit online. Okay, it's just, it seems weird that they're talking about, like, the highly advanced one uh, that almost no one can wear, when there's clearly a fourth one that anyone can wear there. Uh, Vengex, we cut quickly to his base, and they're annoyed that their attack uh, failed and the shield is back up, uh, but they do have a new invention, which will destroy the city, and it is an infiltrator girl bot. Tanaya 7. Uh, it, an- another minion to, uh, to, like interact with in these scenes uh I, i'm kind of surprised they introduced her here because she doesn't show up in the series proper until you know, like af- on the episodes that we're not covering i mean they just they had a few minutes uh it's clear that the first three episodes of the series were like all shot and edited together and just kind of 
almost arbitrarily split into three sections where this is this is a single contiguous movie what we just watched it's a one hour movie the the colonel he he's in the cells and he's talking to max a bit like even if we believe what you say about your amnesia we're not even sure if you're like a robot with human parts or a human with robot parts like i'm not sure if we could let you out or trust you or anything so he's just kind of stuck in prison uh, Ziggy says, don't worry, I got your back. At which point, a lot of people come up and say, hey, Ziggy, we're going to fucking shiv you. <laughs> yeah, everyone in prison knows Ziggy and wants him dead. Maybe there's a reason that Ziggy was running away from the city into Vengex-infested badlands. I mean, he's a lovable fuck-up, but he is a fuck-up. Like, in this, this series, he's not going to be like, oh, I was dealing drugs or anything like that. Uh... But yeah, he, he he was involved with some unsavory types. So in the prison, we see a scene in the lunchroom uh, where like a dozen gangers uh, just all team up on Ziggy and hold him to the chair uh, while their leader does a monologue about how there is a single serving of red jello that is set aside specifically for him, whereas everyone else must have lime jello. It's a nice visual metaphor. And uh, Max declines to get involved in this, but upon hearing this monologue, he stands up, walks over to the dessert table, and picks up the red jello to eat. And, and even kind of begs the spoon on the side to make a point of it, draw attention, like, hey, I'm fucking with the red jello. So the gangers, they get insulted, and they attack, and we get to see some non-costume wire work from him. The scene is kind of here to show that even outside the suit, Dylan is a crazy superhuman cyborg. Well, we kind of already got that with like uh, him ripping apart the uh, the putties in the previous episode, like with his bare hands. Well, I mean, but that was like mostly off camera because he was just the that wasn't shown. But here, there's long scenes of the actor fighting, and this this series they got really good uh, fighters for the out of suit action. And they're doing the Jackie Chan style fight where he is fighting while holding the Jello. He slides the Jello across the table, picks it back up again. And after everyone is down, he happily eats it. And Ziggy, you know, yells at them when they're down. Like, yeah, don't mess with us. And then another criminal shows up and is like, hey, you're in my seat. And like, was he not there for the previous scene? No, he clearly was not. Like, they walked in after that. They somehow don't notice that there's like 12 hardcore gangers on the ground bleeding to death. And then they decide to pick a fight with the biggest person there. Uh, so it's just more footage of him beating up people. And back at the garage, which they explicitly call the garage. So we we called something the Grease Lightning Garage for like a whole series. Are we just going to keep calling this one something else? Or Well, we called it the Grease Lightning Garage because they had a Grease Lightning car in the middle of it. We could just call this one a garage. It's a car garage. Yeah, because there's cars in it. Uh, Summer, the Yellow Ranger, she had kind of looked at Dylan and be like, I don't know, he could be good on the team. And now that they have this footage, they're like, okay, he could handle the black suit. Let's go and make him an offer. And that's basically where this episode ends. Uh, we start up the next episode uh, with uh, Max at the garage. And so this being the base for the Power Rangers, I, I know it's a Power Rangers budget. This set for a base looks kind of cheap. It is just a garage. That's literally all. It well, it it's a sound. It's a soundstage with like a couple with a couple cars parked in it and a couple lights put up. But they didn't really break the budget with this particular aspect of the series. Look, they got to cut where they can. Like, they, I think the producers of this series maybe got, like, fired partway through because he was spending so much money. Like, Power Rangers is supposed to be cheap, and he kind of went all out on certain parts of it. Like, there's a lot of, like, like so much of this show is not Japanese footage. Like, they, they use a lot of American dudes. Stunt fighting and stuff like that and CGI. 
and pyrotechnics. Like, we've kind of been glossing over it fast, but every single fight in, like, a lot of, like, out-of-suit sequences, there's just giant billowing pyrotechnics in the background, which are not cheap. Well, I mean, they're kind of cheap, but I, I think well, pyrotechnics... It, the, the gas they're, itself they're... is cheap, but the specialization for bringing the people in, like, to do it safely, like, the safety concerns, the licensing and all that, that's the expensive part. Maybe that's cheaper in New Zealand than it is in the U.S., uh, but still... Explosions are cheap. The safe explosions are expensive. That That's a good way to think of it. Uh, so, episode three, they're in the garage. Uh, Dylan, he kind of makes fun of Scott's car, like they're going to have a rivalry. It, it's very fast and furious of Dylan likes the, the muscle cars and Scott's like about uh, hybrids, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, so they explain a little bit about what Power Rangers are and how their suits and technology works. Uh, they show him the black suit. Uh, Dr. K pipes in. And uh, they explain that the Power Ranger suits work because, and Harry, correct me if I'm wrong, they're tapping into a global energy field, so they just kind of like ambiently collect energy. The the Morphin Grid. Like, they, I'm not sure if they use the term in the show, but the Morphin Grid is a vague energy construct in a lot of Power Rangers series, and in the show they just found a different way to tap into it. So they have more rules, kind of, for their suits, but not really. It's 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 still plot contrivance. Like, the, this is not hard sci-fi. Since their suits operate off the Morphin Grid, does that mean that they can't, like, go into space, can't go into alternate dimensions, like they're stuck uh, terrestrially on Earth? Not that that's a huge limitation in this particular series, it would seem. I, I don't think that's a problem with the series. Um, And, like, the, there's some comics that we may eventually get into, and the, the RPM Power Rangers have fought in, like, other dimensions and other worlds. So th- there's ways around it if they even bother to. They have these covert infantry biosuits, which are not made of spandex. Dr. K gets very annoyed when people call them spandex. Like... So there's lots of points in the show where people point out, hey, this tech is really silly and weird, and Dr. K's like, no, it's fine. Don't make fun of me. It's like a nano suit, reactive armor, uh, power augmentation, yada, yada, yada. Like, they spit out all the tech words when they're describing the suits, and hey, you know, he digs it. And he is about to decline and go back to prison because he intends to break out and continue a search uh, that he was on before. Uh, but then uh, Ranger Red gets under his skin a little bit, and so we go into a training montage, Harry. He does the most basic move of, well, I bet you couldn't even manage the tests. And that's enough for Dylan to be like, fine, let's do the tests. Well, I mean, clearly he kind of wanted an excuse to do the tests and go on the team. Like, at a point in this episode, Summer turns to him and says, like, hey, I, this is a lot of effort putting on the, you know, bad boy, loner, I don't need anybody attitude, because you're doing it really strong. He is. He's putting on that front, and it's clearly a front. And it, it's a front that fades away after, like, two minutes of pressure from the outside. Like, we have seen him, like, you know, save a flower, save various randos, just be the hero. Like, he's clearly wanting to put out the I'm not a hero energy, dot dot dot, okay, I'm a hero. We start the the testing montage, the a very close relative to the training montage. It, it's the same thing. We see him doing push-ups with a boulder on his back. Uh, he He's in one of those 3D gyroscope spinny things. Uh, they test his, like, they test his fear reactions by having him read a book while flamethrowers are shooting at him, which is kind of fun. Harry, are they overselling his strength a little bit? Because that boulder would be several thousand pounds that he was doing push-ups with. Maybe it wasn't, like, a heavy boulder. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they kind of are. Like, I don't think he's that strong that strong, but he, he is, like, superhumanly strong. Uh, so, yeah. Nice, fun montage. Always love a montage. Uh, and they mention, like, okay, okay, 
you are strong enough to use the uh, black suit. And by the way, these suits, they DNA bond with the first person to put them on. So if you put it on, you're the Black Ranger for life, which seems like a terrible design flaw. Well, I think part of it is that they don't want the Vengex dudes to kill a ranger, steal it, and then have even more power. Like, that's a genuine concern. I suppose that is fair. I suppose that's fair. Speaking of Vengex, we catch to the big glowing tube that has built another robot. Yeah, so the uh, Monster of the Week, he is kind of just a series of uh, metal cables all tethered together in a humanoid shape. Like, he has a very long neck, uh, floppy body, floppy arms, and again with the drab colors. Like... Man, these drab colors are going to get to me. Like, I'm used to describing, like, you know, the colors, the color patterns, but this is just, like, gunmetal gray, uh, a little bit of bronze, and that's, like, it. Uh, he is, like, kind of a water infiltration bot. He's going to get in through the pipes because Corinth still needs water. Uh, so he'll sneak in and sabotage the shield. Uh, so back at the garage, Max agrees to sign on, but he has one condition. He makes him bring uh, Ziggy into the group as well as the comedy relief and the mascot. Uh, because, you know, Ziggy did him a solid, so he gets out of jail, and now he's part of the team. Although not really on the team, until he will become part of the team. He'll become part of the team by, like, what, episode five? Uh, the next episode. Uh, literally episode four? Well, episode four is, like, kind of the start of the search for... I mean, without getting into it, episode four is like, yeah, we have one more suit, let's look for somebody to put this on. Next episode it is. Uh, Dylan transforms, and the other rangers transform, and, you know, Ziggy does a group photo. There at night, like, apparently, is he roommates with a Red Ranger? I'm not sure. Red Ranger definitely mentioned something about, like, our room. I, I'm not sure. But the, the main thing that happens that night is that Dylan has a plot-relevant uh, dream. Yes, he listens to his musical stopwatch, has a plot-relevant dream, and then wakes up in the middle of the night and decides to go out of the city and search for... X, like the person he can't remember, but who he was looking for. He has amnesia for everything except some vague motivation of needing to save somebody. Well, isn't that kind of how amnesia actually works? Like, total amnesia is not really a thing, uh, whereas you just, like, forget the details, but you can still remember flashes of, like, relevance. I mean, amnesia is weird. Like, it. Uh, look, brain injuries are weird because almost because the brain is constantly rewiring and it's, like, different for every person. And, you know, I mean, look, I. I studied neuro, like, uh, I studied most of a psychology degree, and so we know so little about the brain. Like, we can map its regions and be kind of like, okay, this matters and this matters, but if someone doesn't have a kidney, you know what that does. Like, you can see, all right, this medically, this will happen. If someone doesn't have, like, a lung or a liver, you can tell, here are the problems, here's stuff to do with it. But if parts of the brain get damaged, we can say, this is what should happen, but pretty much every like judgment like that you can look at somebody and be like all right that part of the brain is missing but they can still do x like you know uh, they shouldn't be able to talk or speak but they're still walking around and fine like phineas gage got a railroad spike shoved through his head and you know he had to adjust he had to do some stuff but he moved elsewhere and just got a different job that suited his like because he needed a different type of uh he didn't want to be a real railroad spike engineer anymore at least not one who poured uh, nitroglycerin into the ground and then pounded a metal spike on top of it. So I, I think like kind of the large scale amnesia like this, the only case I can think of where they're not damaged enough that they're suffering other problems. Like, I mean, there's really tragic cases of the people of memento disease, people who just can't remember anything and like can't make new memories. The only case I can think of of something like this is uh, 
and like not I'm talking about like half cyborg. Like I, I don't think that's like a medically uh, distinct <laughs> diagnosis. But there was a movie like Unknown White Male, I think, which is about a uh, a guy who uh, they, as far as they can tell, just one day lost all of his memory he was in a position where like he he had been a stockbroker and he was like independently wealthy so he he just kind of is able to hang out and make a new life and the documentary is a bit about that so that's the only case i could think of where someone like loses their memory but it's still like just hanging around and normal uh but yeah so he decides to get the hell out of there uh ziggy intercepts him uh max kind of bullies ziggy into telling him how to get out of the city it involves driving past a flaming door that is constantly spitting Prometheum. Like, it's there, there's a lot of pyrotechnics in the city. Just random, random pyrotechnics that they could sh- shove in there. Yeah, just and just kind of a clip of Galaxy Quests with the lady saying, Why is this even here? <laughs> but yeah, as he is leaving, he steals Red's car. And then there's word of the uh, Gen 5 attack bot that is attacking the city. It gets in through the waterways, and in some footage that, by the quality you could tell, was actually from the Japanese show, he creates a mist thing on a dam, which, in RPM, starts affecting the shield and bringing it down. That causes a lot of putties to appear, and so when the rangers uh, run up, like, there are so, so, so many putties. Like, they're not even worried about the big bad uh, at this point. They're just, they're up to their necks in putties, and they're fighting and they're losing. Like, I mean, they're taking out putties, but it's just sheer weight of numbers that are dragging them down. Uh, they use their special abilities. Um, yellow can fire, like, Hadoukens, or Kamehameha blasts. Blue can stop Ty briefly. He has the world, yeah, which is pretty fucking cool. fucking time manipulation on Blue, like, they just throw that out. Like, he has a god power, Harry. Yeah, it's only for a little bit, but yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, red has super speed. Okay, sure. I mean, Harry, between, like, Harry, if you could have super speed, if you could throw Hadoukens, or if you were a Time Lord, which which would you pick? Probably Time Lord, unless super speed meant... <laughs> Alright, this is gonna sound like I'm a lazy guy, and I am, but if super speed also meant I had like a good metabolism, maybe I'd pick that one. But otherwise, <laughs> yeah, Time Lord. Yeah, the Rangers are losing, and Max is sitting at the Prometheum door, uh, just waiting to escape. And uh, Ziggy and uh, Dr. Light, uh, they're talking, and... They realize that the only way to get Max back into the fight is to pipe the conversation of the dying Power Rangers into his radio to guilt trip him into the fight. Yeah, all of them like, oh, we can't make it. We're we're getting worn down. Like, cycle your talks. We gotta make it through this. And Dylan, being a nice guy, just stops at the last moment and turns around. And he goes into the fight. Uh, he jumps out of his vehicle. Like, oh, as we see the Rangers, like, they're fading. Like, we see, like, battery icons. Like... Like, their phone charges are down to 15%. They're running out of MP. Like, they've used their special attacks too much. Is that going to be a continuing thing with the series, Harry? I mean, like, I don't think there's hard rules on it, but in fights, sometimes they'll be like, oh no, we're running low on energy. You know, like, it, it, it's a way to show stakes. Okay, okay. That's, it's a decent way to show stakes, but uh, he tells them to just worry about the monster who has, at this point, grown big, so they summon their vehicles. And he focuses on killing all the putties on the ground because he really hates them. He just massacres them. Yes, as a Megazord is fighting. Yeah, we got kind of a, we got a dual ground fight, Megazord fight going on at the same time, which I love. Like, I love it when they mix up the Megazord fights because a Megazord fight on its own, usually boring as shit. 
but when you throw in something like a grab battle going on simultaneously, damn, that's a good way to spice it up. I don't think the Zord fights in this series are too great. Like it, like there's a lot of to do about building up the Zords and like the upgrades around them. But when they actually get to the fights, I think they're kind of largely perfunctory. Like if we ever get to uh, Go Busters, that's the series I'd say that has really good Zord fights. Well, maybe let's do that one next. Unless Harry, does that one what what's what's the tragedy that has befallen the world in that one that we will be somehow causing it to existence if we go into that series? Uh, well, the weird thing is that GoBusters was like so. This is very different from uh, Goanger, and it was very popular. But GoBusters was like directly Japan kind of looked at RPM and was like, okay, we should do that. So GoBusters is about an evil AI in the tube that's like a virus trying to take over the world, and like they're fighting. So it the problem is. I don't think we could probably cover it like this because it's a very similar plot. And also, like, there's character beats and plot in it, uh, but it's just largely action. Like, the good thing about that show is action. So we might just watch Batches and then talk about it generally, you know, not not kind of like this. Alas. But that, that's, like, that that's that's a whole different show. We're at the start of this one and we haven't even finished the first three episodes. Well, we kind of have because this is where the episode ends. Like, Black Ranger is standing amongst a pile of dead putty bodies, and the Megazord has uh, felled another beast. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's just a moment I want to mention where, like, uh, there's a bridge that gets knocked out by the monster, and the Megazord kind of stands with its arms across the gap, and the cars drive across. Why don't the cars just stop? Yeah, that, that like, does seem do they do they really just need to go across the bridge at that specific particular moment? Maybe they could go around you know what? I think that's that's a very good excuse for like a sick day or something. Like, hey boss, you know, bridge got knocked down. Take like a photo of it. I'm I'm working from home today. <laughs> I'm working from home until it's repaired. God damn it! I'm not putting on pants. So, uh, different than you expected. Very different. I was not expecting this to be a retelling of Terminator Salvation that somehow came out before Terminator Salvation. It's the better version of the story, honestly. Like, it's it's not a perfect show, <laughs> but it's... But Terminator, so, right, Terminator Salvation is not a high bar to clear, so yeah, it's better than that, I'll say. It had a few moments. Like, this is the series that kind of saved Power Rangers from getting cancelled. And it's it's pretty good, and we'll be able to see more of it starting next week. And also, hopefully, some Kamen Rider Zero One, like, maybe, maybe the last bits of it for a while. Uh, we'll see. And, you know, well, as developing situation... We'll let you know. Uh, but Harry, until that time, what does everyone need to remember to keep doing? Keep dancing, everybody. Just keep dancing, and we'll get through it.